We talk PS5 rumors. Nintendo Switch gets a bevy of releases this week. And we talk about Days Gone on episode four of the Gaming Casuals podcast. Well, welcome to the Gaming Casuals podcast. We are your hosts, John, Brandon, and Zach. We've got a lot to talk about today, but first, we really like doing this podcast with you guys. So if you don't mind, go to YouTube and subscribe to us. Hit the notification bell. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine. So hit us up. Let us know what you think of the podcast. We're constantly thinking of new stuff to bring to the table. Let you know what you guys think. But with that, guys, what are we playing this week? Let's talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've I've been playing kind of a random assortment of PC games. Uh, that's taken up about ten percent of my time and uh, gaming time, and then ninety percent of my time has been spent on Sekiro. So, <laughs> so I'm I was just talking one about one trick pony. You sound like so. yeah, yeah, I really am. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to Brandon about I, I don't typically play games this like focused, but um, yeah, it's definitely continued to capture my attention. So how far are you on it though? Yeah, so I'm on my uh, third playthrough. Whoa, going on uh, fourth. See, I can't. Um, I can't fathom like new game plus plus plus. I barely can get into new game plus, just enough to see how powerful I am at the very beginning of the game. I do right. have a question though. For those of you who don't know about new game plus, how long does it take you to play through Sekiro? Would you say on an hour hour basis? Gosh, That's uh, a good maybe like twelve to fifteen hours for your first playthrough. But okay. the game is very much like progression is you learning the the like maps and the moves and stuff. Okay. So. The second playthrough is probably even less than half the time that you spent on the first playthrough. So, so what about that difficulty? Does it like how big is the exponential damage increase, or like what are the challenges there? Yeah. Is it a big deal to go to New Game Plus from New Game? Yeah, so because like I would say like 70, 75% of the challenge is just knowing the game, it's still less of a challenge. But there's scaling with it gets harder, get, uh, enemies hit harder, health pools. Uh, you get more experience, that kind of thing. So um, it definitely scales up with you. But ultimately, like any from software game, is just like understanding the the characters right, right. and maps. That makes more sense. I didn't realize that it was a lot less the second time, third time. I was thinking yeah. like, man, we're playing like a thirty hour campaign no, each time. Yeah. This is crazy. It's so. all about like what you know in that game. Okay. But at the risk of uh, turning this podcast into a Sekiro, <laughs> the Sekiro podcast, gaming podcast, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the a couple other games that I've been playing. Um, I've played a lot of Vermintide okay. Two. Uh, for PC, this is uh, like a PVE co-op survival game. It's very close to Left 4 Dead. Um, this is the first Warhammer game that I've ever gotten into, but um, it's super fun. Lots of RPG elements. Uh, it goes deep. There's lots of progression. Uh, if you miss Left 4 Dead and you love Warhammer, it's an incredible game. And then I allowed myself to also get uh, stuck in Civilization VI again. And the interesting thing that I noticed about Civilization VI this time was the gameplay is fun, but it's kind of the whole experience. Uh, so, like, once you get in there, you're like, there's history and music and narration. Sean Bean talking to you about these, like, beautiful <laughs> Does he die quotes. later? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Civilization VI is great. And they uh, support cross-saves with the Switch oh, version. That's cool. So, I well, guess really I'm going nice. to buy it twice. <laughs> so, what is, so, what is Civilization VI for those who don't? Don't know what that game is. Yes, I'm sure like hardcore civilization fans are sitting here listening to this, being like, "Oh gosh, he got into his first uh, strategy game." But <laughs> so it's it's the first time ever ever gotten into a strategy game. It's a uh, big simulation. They call them 4X games. 
um, and you manage your cities, you manage uh, resources, uh, you can win by like a multiple different kinds of way. Like you can win through economic uh, warfare, uh, influence, religious. Um, so you can kind of choose the way you play that game, but it's steeped in history. So like every nation you can play basically. Is it similar to like a real-time strategy or is it turn-based? It's definitely turn-based and it's not focused around uh, war, so it's not live action. It's okay. very much like a almost like a board game kind of situation. Gotcha. So I've never really understood it. And then there's one day where I'm like, I need a chill strategy game to get into. And uh, while it took me about six tutorial videos on YouTube <laughs> to like understand how to play the game, it's one of the best games I've ever played. So awesome. Yeah. So for myself, I, I haven't had a lot of time to play games this week. We had a lot of big like Easter production um, at my church, yes. and so I haven't been on games a whole lot. But this past couple weeks. I've really been enjoying the bevy of Switch releases that have come out. I have been playing Cuphead, and I've been playing, um, I guess, Final Fantasy X. And then I've also been playing a little bit of Smash Brothers. We have new DLC. Um, but as for me, like that's pretty much the extent of my gaming this week. Brandon, what have you, what have you been playing this week? Yeah, so actually, uh, a lot of my stuff has been through Game Pass, again, because it's a great place to go. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, still still trying to work my way through that. I talked about that last time. Uh, I'm about 60% of the way there. Uh, I actually been playing a lot of Celeste, too. I don't know if you guys have tried that. Have you that. liked it? Nice. I love Celeste. Uh, it, it's, okay, it's funny. I, I bought it on the Switch back in December, and and everybody's talking about how amazing it was. It was at the Game Awards, and I was really wanting to try it out, and I could not get really into it at first. I thought, this doesn't seem like what everybody's talking about with the story, how it's supposed to be really great, and it was really tough to get into it first, and then I kept pushed my way through. It came out on Xbox as a free games of gold. And I was like, okay, uh, I'll try it there too. And playing on the big screen was a lot of fun because I was playing on handheld mode on the Switch. And something clicked once I got through and uh, halfway through and the music uh, was great the whole time. Story started to get more developed and the gameplay really uh, is a lot of fun. So I've been playing with that. Uh, I, I really enjoyed um the fact that there's an assist mode if you want to. Right. Uh, so that's something, I think I talked about this last time with my my son, he's three and a half, and I turned that on for him because he loved seeing that. He thought it was Mario. I was like, no, but it's not Mario. But uh, I turned that on for him, and it was great because uh, the assist mode is for people who uh, have trouble with some of the mechanics, and it doesn't let you uh, die if you fall off the stage. It'll just bounce you back up, unlimited stamina, so you can do your dashes across everything. And, and he had some fun just goofing off on that. Of course, he wasn't doing some of the... Right. In, Intense mechanics of that game, but it was uh, it was fun just for him to enjoy that. Uh, so are playing you that, saying get, are you saying that a easier difficulty allows you to actually experience the game for some people? In, in some cases, yes. Now I have not played it with assist mode on. Um, yeah. I have been doing it the regular way, uh, but it is nice because it doesn't have that barrier there uh, for people who want to play and may not be able to. Yeah. Um, and it's nice too because you could totally cheese the game and get all the achievements with assist mode on. Um, but it's there. Uh, it's there if you need it. And and in fact, there's a couple of things collectible-wise that they even tell you in the game. It's like, hey, there are these strawberries you can co- collect in the game. It doesn't do anything at all. It is just fun to tell your friends, hey, I got all <laughs> I got of these all things. The strawberries. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's kind of cool <laughs> they have that because it for me who when I start that path of trying to 100% a game, yep. I have to keep going. At first on the Switch, I was like, eh, I don't need to get that. Uh, it's fine. On the Xbox, I did try and go through just because I wanted to. Um, I feel like uh, I, I owed it to myself because I tried it on the Switch. And now on the Xbox, the big you know uh, the big screen on the 4K TV, it was like I want to try all these little things I didn't do. So, have you ever heard of Korok seeds? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> you'll never I, finish. You'll I, love yeah. Korok Seeds. Oh my goodness. I, I think <laughs> I've got 200. Don't I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, that was it like 900 something? Yeah, 900. Yeah, yeah. no. I not for me. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. I can't do that. But uh, but I was doing that and then there was one more game I played last night. Uh it's, it came out a while ago. Mirror's Edge uh, nice. Catalyst. Yeah. Uh, I heard that it wasn't wasn't greatly reviewed uh, when it came out, but it was really exciting because Mirror's Edge was a game I loved, the first one. Uh, just the first person, it's a first person uh, free running game where you can do all kinds of uh, um, moves, trying to Make your way through a stage. It's limited on combat. It's mainly encouraging you to uh, get from A to B as quick as possible. Um, a sequel was finally made after many, many years, and it it was different. It was more of an open world game, which I did not expect. Uh, the first one's very linear, and playing it last night, it was something that uh, I, I was fun to jump into that world again and experience that. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep going on that. It's it was just the whole open world thing is is kind of cool, but just not, doesn't really fit that game right now, or at least. I haven't gotten into it yet. Didn't so grab we'll you see. the same yeah, way. Yeah, so we'll I, see. From an outsider's perspective, uh, Catalyst looked like the result of a game that was extremely innovative for its time. And yes. then they tried to iterate on that, and it didn't work, mainly because of the environment that they released in. Yes. But it sounds like the framework of the game was completely different it, as well. It is, it, it's a little bit. Yeah, that was something that I played it. I was like, oh, it's so excited. Mirror's Edge is back. I love that first one. Yeah. And it's still a lot of those elements are there, but it just hasn't aged well. I think uh, just certain mechanics weren't super tight. Uh, I was grateful that you could change the controls in there because some of the mm-hmm. controls, you move up or down, and you use the left bumper and left trigger to go up or down. And I kept wanting to jump with A because, you know, right, that's right. how it's you... It's tough for a game like, with, like, a really radically different dynamic yeah. than most games. Yeah. Like, I never thought free running would be a game that I would play. I yeah. like the original Mirror's Edge, but yeah. it wasn't enough to get into Catalyst. So it was yeah. good. It was it was a free thing for me because uh, it was on EA Access. So uh, Well, I will free. be... Checking out Celeste for sure. Yes. I, I kind of have a hard time with like uh, flat indie games like that, um, despite how much I loved Hollow Knight. Uh, but I know Celeste won like all the oh, game yeah. of the year. And that soundtrack, I listen to that soundtrack through Apple Music all the time. Like yeah. it's it's such a good. Yeah, it was a big soundtrack. nom for Baptist too. For yeah. those so, of you guys who yeah. heard the last time we had a podcast. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. But it's fun stuff. Excellent. Well, speaking of big releases coming out, we've had some PlayStation Five rumors. Yes. Um, I think. PlayStation is is due for an upgrade, but yeah. interesting to see what they're going to do with that. It's yeah. They, so actually, I think uh, they just came out uh, with some specs, which is funny because I feel like they did that with Xbox One X. They came out with some right. of the specs early on before they announced it. So they haven't really announced the PlayStation, the next generation PlayStation. They're not even calling it. PS5, it's just the next-gen console. Um, but I believe the the lead designer or the lead architect, uh, systems architect, uh, I think it was Mark Cerny or something, I think is what it said. He uh, he came out and actually spoke about some of the future tech for the next-gen console. Right, so what is going to be in this Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, they're, uh, they are going with... Uh, some beefy specs there uh, as far as graphics card and uh, processor. Uh, one of the big things, it's going to be an SSD, they're saying, in nice. there, which is huge. Great. Yeah, that's something. also up the price significantly, right? They haven't talked things. about price yet. Okay. Uh, they, okay. they did say that uh, it, as far as price, they're trying to be competitive with that. They yeah. didn't they didn't lean uh, <laughs> on, on what it is yet because it's still early. They haven't officially right. announced it. And they're probably not going to at E3 unless they do some kind of like own Nintendo style, Nintendo Direct style thing uh, on their own. But uh, it, I think the rumors are it's going to be uh, 2020, probably into 2020 is what it looks like, which seems like I think Xbox is leaning that way too for their future console. Uh, but price, they it is going to be expensive uh, as far as the hardware inside. 
side. So it'll be interesting to see if they do uh, stick around a $500 price range. I know that when the PS3 came out, they, they kind of missed the boat on that price-wise, and it was way overpriced. Right. PS4, they definitely, uh, they they took the, the, the gauntlet there uh, for that, whereas the Xbox overshot that on price. So I hope that all the consoles have learned their lesson about pricing and make it, uh, um, make it fit a lot of people's budgets, because you can throw a bunch of hardware into the mix, uh, but at the end of the day, if you're not going to sell consoles uh, because of the price, then what's right. the for? So, so what do you think the market is for a high-end console like that because i mean i don't have an 8k tv yeah i just got a 4k tv <laughs> i know just a 4k it right, sounds right. crazy so nowadays. like i don't i don't have a lot of yeah. like stock and i'm so used to 1080p games yes w- what is the market going to be do you think it's going to sell well for an 8k console it's going to be interesting because that's one of the things that they did talk about it's going to be 8k ready which uh I, I mean we're just getting used to 4k which is something right. that's interesting i know it's the future and they're future proofing it which is smart uh but yeah i if they are pricing it where this is their only console they're coming out with, and it's going to be a $600 console, they're going to miss a lot of, uh, of uh, potential uh, gamers because you're right. A lot of people aren't the, the first uh, early adopters that have AK TVs that are going to take advantage of it. I mean, I got a 4K TV last year uh, the same time I got an Xbox One X because I really was excited about it. And I had waited so long to actually jump into that because I wanted to make sure the price was right. Um, right. I mean, there's no way I'm upgrading to an 8K TV anytime soon. So taking advantage of that, uh, it just depends on where the market is. Um, but I think if they if they if they do it right as far as the price, there's some really cool things. I think they also had talked about 3D audio. They're uh, they're doing a lot with that. Uh, some of the processors and graphics cards. I don't want to jump into the weeds on on that, but some of the things they're able to do. I saw a video about. Um, uh, one of the uh, technologies, ray tracing. It's kind of a, uh, yeah, it's it's how they uh, can shine light around objects. And it's something that's usually, from what I was reading, it's usually reserved for uh, like still images and things that aren't necessarily fast-pacing video games. But seeing some video of what ray tracing can be and other uh, benefits of that, you can see reflections on things in real time. Uh, it's I amazing. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So Radeon's actually, yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of ray tracing in video games up yeah. to this point, but... Um, they, you know, uh, ray tracing has been toted as, hey, buy this video card and you get ray tracing yeah. compatibility. So that's, it's pretty amazing what they have lined up for the PS5. It definitely sets the tone for developers to be able to look at this and, and really decide what they can do. This is essentially what they've listed as the equivalent to a like mid to high end PC that you would custom build now. Uh, the Ryzen 2 is a great processor. AMD has done a great job over the past five to 10 years of kind of creeping up on Intel with processors and capturing that like low to mid market and now they have just really powerful stuff at a little lower of a price Um, a lot of people are talking about intel like they talk about apple where there's an apple tax where there's you know you got a premium product it's all high end it's really costly so it's it's kind of a big deal that sony went with amd on this um and you know we've even seen apple start choosing amd so that's that's pretty cool and if i had to compare with ps4 pro at all it's Either it's usually either 8K or frame rate, right? So like you're trading off. So the big thing in PC gaming is there's not really anything out there that can consistently run 4K plus 60 frames per second or 4K plus 150 frames. It's at the very, very, very high end. So uh, even if you knock this down to 4K and were to say you can run games at 60 frames per second, that would be a huge feat, especially for a console. So I think there is a market. I mean, I think console console gamers are a market. Mm-hmm. Um, PC gamers will probably look at this and be like, "I will just continue to upgrade <laughs> right. my PC." Yeah, exactly. But the same people playing uh, like 
PlayStation, Nintendo, anything now, console gamers, uh, will look at this and be like, oh my gosh, I can experience games at a whole new level. When I started oh, yeah. playing PC games with this kind of hardware, it was it completely changed everything. I, so I hear that even games like Destiny uh, mm-hmm. on the PC, you're running at 60 frames a second, yeah. like locked in, versus on the consoles, which are 30, and they say it's a different game in PvP. That's something that totally. I have not experienced yet because I've been a console guy. Yeah. Uh, so it is interesting to see these uh, PC level uh, of quality in in future consoles. I know Xbox is definitely uh, set up to have a, an incredible console. One of the things that's interesting is with this console, that uh, this next-gen console, it seems like they're only going with one SKU. Uh, I, that's what it, it, it seems like, whereas Xbox has definitely talked about a, uh, a lower-end and a higher-end model, um, kind of like the Xbox One S, Xbox One X. So it's interesting to see where they all will play out when all the dust settles. You know, will will the PS5, you know, will that actually be in the middle hardware-wise, but priced way better than what Xbox might do? Will How will that work out? So it's going to be interesting. Uh, one other thing, too, I mentioned SSD. Um, there is going to be backwards compatibility uh, with that with Very PS4, nice. which is nice. huge. That's, that is a big thing. Yes. Uh, Xbox really, yeah, they really uh, nailed that uh, with the Xbox One um, with their backwards compatibility program, and I think PlayStation fans want that same thing, so right. they're making it where PS4 games are compatible. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, SSD built in, I, I hope that's a standard for all consoles going forward, because I think they were testing out with a PS4 Pro and Spider-Man, and it was like a 15-second load time, which doesn't sound like a lot. You compare that with the next-gen console, it was less than a second load time wow. so with an SSD. So that's great. Pretty cool stuff. Well, speaking yeah. of PS4, kind of like where we are with exclusives and with gaming content, PS4 had a big release this week. It was Days Gone. Oh, yeah. What I want to know is, from a PS4 gamer, like, should I buy Days Gone or should I leave it alone? <laughs> like, what's going on with Days Gone? Yeah, what so all about? There, there's kind of a expectation of PlayStation exclusives at this point, and the expectation is you're going to be really good. Right. Yeah. Uh, God of War was incredible. You know, Bloodborne was incredible before that, and the numerous others. Spider-Man that you just mentioned. Uh, so there, there was a lot riding on the shoulders of this, and on the outside, it kind of looked like just another zombie game or another what Left 4 Dead or uh, Last of Us. Um, it looked very familiar in multiple different ways, and that was everyone's concern. It's like, is this going to be too familiar? Is this going to be played out? Um, and it came out, and that's that's <laughs> that's what it the is. deal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot of. Uh, features that you're familiar with. It's like a hodgepodge of uh, different games. So like third part, uh, third person shooting zombies. They call them freakers. They're not zombies. Interesting, yeah. Interesting yeah. branding decision. Yeah. Decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's garnered more attention than the actual game itself. But um, yeah, it's setting, sitting at a 74 on Metacritic right now. It came out April 26th. So as of this recording, it was yesterday. So I'm sure that'll change. Um, I, I haven't played it myself. I probably will at least check it out. But I do know that it's good from a like mechanic standpoint, but it's not doing anything too crazy with it. It's not innovating, I guess, on yes. that uh, on that genre. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll be looking forward to more uh, thoughts and reviews and gameplay. Um, I might check it out. I, I tend to have a little bit more forgiveness with Sony exclusives. I'm <laughs> right, like, right, yeah. cool, like you know, it's got to be, it's got to be, pretty it's got to be something. Yeah, because it's gotta of be all something. the other yeah. behind it. So, so as far as Sony stuff going on this week, I think. Uh, we failed to mention, which I want to mention now, like Nintendo Switch is really trying to like pull the gaming like gaming companies together and have content support on both consoles. Um, with that being said, looking at this week in Nintendo Switch news, we have, you know, Smash Brothers DLC coming out. It came out this past 
Friday, two Fridays ago or so, and that was um, Joker from Persona 5, a new fighter. And Persona 5 is is a PS3 game with a remaster on PS4. It is very JRPG. Uh, Persona 3 and 4 are PS2 games with some PS3 compatibility, and so... Which you played Persona 3, right? I mean, I played uh, Shin Megumi Tensei. Like, okay. I've played the DS version, Okay, but like I haven't played Persona. Yeah. So have you played Persona? Yo, I played Persona 5, and it, it is very JRPG. It's a, like, you're a high school student during the day, and when I say high school student, I mean your JRPG you, high school student. You got to talk to your friends. <laughs> oh wow! You got to talk to the girl you like. You got to be on class on time. It's high school simulator. Oh wow! And then at night, it's a, a turn-based like you're a superhero kind of thing. So it is very much like a right. Clark Kent, uh, and then you turn into a superhero. So I was super excited to see Joker join. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us don't think it's a big deal, but Nintendo, like historically, has been very close knit with. When we have a Smash Brothers fighter game, it's only Nintendo fighters. But we saw Snake from Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid in, I guess, Smash Brothers Brawl um, yeah. way yeah. back in the day. Yep. Um, and then having Joker come in from Persona is a pretty pretty awesome thing. Yeah. Um, the fighter's really great. really enjoy the mechanics. And it, he actually has... I haven't played Persona 5, obviously, but Nintendo always tends to take things from the franchise it came from and make the characters really organic and, like, it brings back the nostalgia of the game it came from. So that's really cool. And then... Yeah. One thing about that, too, it was uh, adding on to that. I have not played Persona as well, but I've heard a lot of things. They they went didn't just put them in there with the stage and the music, but there are other characters from the games, the actual, like, the final... When you win as Joker, yeah. like the end screen, the victory screen, right. it's actually it like stuff. Back to yeah. the oh, and that's like I mean, one of the best parts of Persona too is the victory, the music yeah. and the art style is so unique. It's I love crazy. to hear that they were true they, to they the game. They literally did a lot of fan service it sounds like yeah. to that game. So it makes me want to play, which is something that I don't know if it's on, on purpose, it makes me want to go back and play those games right. because I have not experienced that. Yeah. But seeing this, it's like, that looks like it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. It'd be really cool to see what what Smash Brothers brings for the rest of their fighters. This is like their DLC Fighter 105. So there's four more to come all the way through next February, I believe. Oh, wow. And so, you know, with I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into this, but we have a lot of we have a lot of Microsoft stuff coming into Switch now with Cuphead specifically. And I'd love to see some Microsoft characters or maybe some characters from Square Enix come in and be a part of the oh, Smash yeah. Brothers Master franchise. Chief. Master Chief and Smash The hard read is Master <laughs> Chief right okay. now. Zidane, Garnet, any Final Fantasy IX character. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. But it's been a pretty banner week for Switch releases. Obviously, you know, Final Fantasy uh, X. Is mm-hmm. it X or 10? It's 10. 10. Okay, so yeah. it's Final Fantasy 10 and 10-2 coming out. They're the HD remasters. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, like Final Fantasy 10 is like one of the best Final Fantasy totally. games to play. Yeah. They just had Final Fantasy 9. Was it 9? Or was it, I believe it was 9. Remastered? Not the remastered one. Yeah. Well, 7 came out a few weeks ago or a month ago. It wasn't ago, so. 7. 7 was for PS4. They haven't had 7 yet. We're gonna we're gonna fact check on that. Uh, Switch but, yeah. Switch is bringing a lot. Yeah, right, Switch right, is bringing yeah. Switch, and Switch Xbox. is bringing a ton of Final yeah. Fantasy games. Final Fantasy X being the most recent, really great game. Yeah. Really enjoyed. It. I've never played Final Fantasy X before. Yeah. You know, my my segue into I always thought Final Fantasy was kind of like this this Sony thing only, mm-hmm. and so I never had a PS3 or PS2 growing up, and so my first Final Fantasy game was Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, wow. for Xbox okay. with Lightning, and so having nice. like such an equivocal game yeah. in the Final Fantasy franchise at your fingertips is really great. And it feels yeah. really good on Switch too. Like yeah. you're not gonna like you're not gonna love like the port's just really, really well done and you get the whole story. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, uh, it just makes my heart happy that you're playing through older Final Fantasy. Right. I mean oh, awesome. I, I'm excited. I think I mentioned this a, a couple podcasts ago. I still haven't decided yet. 
decide on which console I want to play it on because I want Final Fantasy VII. I want X because when I played X, I played it through a buddy of mine on his PlayStation because I haven't ha- I didn't have a PS2. Uh, I had the uh, X or I had the GameCube or yeah, GameCube was PS2 and Xbox or that right, same. Right. So I had Xbox and GameCube. I never had a PS2, uh, and X was like the the premier Final Fantasy experience. It was like the first Final Final Fantasy experience on on PS2, I think. Right? Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first to really let where like seven was the first 3D proper. Yes. Ten was the first to actually leverage and hardware voice in a way. acting and all that stuff. Vo- too, right? And yeah. the first voiced one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I played that through him, through his. Whenever I was over hanging out at his house, and I always wanted to try more of it, and instead of little bite-sized uh, uh, session. So That's I, I want to do it. I just I still haven't decided. I know both of y'all's arguments, and I love that. I just I have to pick Xbox switch or all the way, boys. Switch. <laughs> I, I would do Switch too. I mean, as you long as you you're not invested in Final Fantasy VIII, you're good. Yeah, because it's like what lost it lost <laughs> the, the time. One. Yeah, it's yeah. gone forever. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, it's oh, on Steam. It is. It's on Steam. Uh, I think it's a source code thing. I won't, yeah. I won't get into that without uh, fact checking. No, it, I think you're right. The, the rumors are Final Fantasy VIII is gone because they lost the source code or that's something. That's amazing. I can't believe that. That's amazingly horrid. It is. It's terrible. Well, that's one thing I do love about these consoles, bringing back backwards compatible games yeah. and stuff, is that it is almost like an archive of totally. all these old games. Yeah. So I love that. Keep doing that. Yes. Uh, sorry that you lost the source code. Um, Game preservation <laughs> is a thing. It is. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. So as far as but as far as nostalgic Nintendo news, first off, Nintendo Switch has just officially outsold the N64 for consoles. Wow. So as, as far as like as of last Thursday. Nintendo Switch has sold 34.7 million units, and the N64 sold 32.9 million units. Wow. I I was reading my show notes to my wife this morning. We were having breakfast, and she doesn't really – she doesn't play video games. She did play the 64, and I was like, man, uh, John has that – like it it outsold – the Switch outsold the 64. She's like, that's sad. And I'm like, (laughs) why? The Switch is awesome. He's like – Nintendo 64 is awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And there's a right. place for both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my N64 Classic. Oh, that's I know. my hope. I know. It's probably not going to happen. It, well, that's, that's the only problem is Microsoft <sighs> owns Rare, and Rare had so many of those great True. N64 right. games. Yeah. So. And Switch, you can, if you just want, you can just bring me a virtual shop. That'd be great, too. Oh, please, a virtual, virtual console. console. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, <sighs> that all being aside, it is the 30th anniversary of the original Game Boy. Nice. 1989, the original Game Boy came out, and... I was not born in 89. I was born in 92, but when I turned four years old, they gave me a Game Boy to play. And so... They being the, uh, My the, parents. Okay. Sorry. Me just making sure. Came down. The right. other son came and just it came down from the heavens. It was in a Zola chest. It was above my you head will for a while. <laughs> but yes, I had a green Game Boy, and it nice. was like it was like the best thing that I've ever... I've ever had. Like, it was just a awesome, mind-blowing yeah. console yes. for what it was back in the day. And so I just want to harken back on a nostalgia trip. Yes. Mm-hmm. What were some of the best Game Boy games you've played? I know for me personally, Metroid 2 and Pokemon. Yeah. Which Pokemon was near the end of the life cycle for Game Boy. Yeah, but that ask. came out in 98. Yeah. Um, when you brought this the, the 30th anniversary up, I had no idea it was coming up. I looked at the list of original Game Boy games, and I was surprised to see that Pokemon was on there. Because yeah. it was like, I, I can't remember, because it straddled the line between mm-hmm. color and original Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and then even the trading links were, were kind of different on each Game Boy. So that was a thing with Pokemon, too. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. the whole the link to the... Yeah, that's right. So Pokemon yeah. Blue and Red were originally for the original Game Boy. Pokemon Yellow came out when Game Boy Color got released. Yes. But Blue and Red actually had some compatibility with Color, but it only gave you 
one color yeah. in the screen. Like it wasn't multicolored like Nintendo, like yellow yeah. was. No backlight so, either. So, so right. did yellow have a, a release for the original Game Boy? We have a, a copy of yellow here. So yeah, we, we do have an actual original copy of Pokemon Yellow, and it does say Game Boy. Yeah, it doesn't say Game Boy Color. Yeah, it's not Game Boy Color, but it actually offered you like multiple colors on your screen as you played. And so it was a really cool, cool thing to have Pokemon come out right after the end of the original Game Boy, but also kind of really boosted sales for Nintendo, like took it to the next level. And obviously Pokemon is so iconic now. Yeah. I, I love that literally amount of colors shown on a screen is like a selling point for a game. It's like, We've come man, a long way. now yeah. with two colors. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, but, so my, I mean, uh, going through that list of games, uh, the biggest things that, that came out for me was A Link to a pa- a Link to the Past. Is it Link to the Past or Link's Awakening? Link's, well, or for Link's me, Awakening? I, I played Link's Awakening. That was one of my favorite ones. That was Link's the Awakening was the Game, Boy, the Game Boy one, and then A Link to the Past was Super Nintendo. That was, right? yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I get to cheat because literally we also have a copy of that right now. So, uh, but yeah, that was an, an incredible experience for me. Yes. That was actually an introduction into a, a totally different type of game, oh, like yeah. a adventure story RPG kind of mm-hmm. situation. I can remember stealing from like the shop. Oh yeah, like you go around there the shopkeeper, go. and I was like, "This is the AI is incredible." Well, I'm when like, you steal, I'm smarter than the shopkeeper. The best part about that though is when you steal, when you actually leave. Everybody in the game calls you thief. Yeah, it's like oh, totally. uh, it, yeah. It, your game is literally your name is thief for the rest it of the knows game. Who you are. It's it totally is cool. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but no, Link's Awakening. Yeah, that one was uh, one that just stood out to me that I loved, um, and I, I'm so excited that they're actually remaking that for the Switch. Um, you guys have solved. Yeah, you see, it looks yes. really great. Yeah. Oh, they're they're not just literally just porting it. They are remaking the whole game yeah. with uh, updated graphics and, and a whole. New look. It's it, it looks so great. And the art just looks incredible. On oh yeah, it. yeah. Um, Animation that was, design. Yeah, phenomenal. and it was a different game, a different Zelda game than previous Zelda games, and ones after that too. Uh, yeah. it wasn't you know Hyrule and and you're right. facing Ganon or whatever. Uh, it was you're very on different. island, right? You're is on, that what it was? Yep. The wind fish is a, a thing. Not to spoil anything, but it's definitely spoilers. A, it, oh, I'm not. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very old game, but it's a uh, it's it's something that if you haven't played it, um, you'll get to experience that soon on the Switch. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, I, maybe I it'll be done with Sekiro by then and I'll pick it up. Dude, new maybe, game plus 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 not. plus? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. Ninth playthrough? Yeah. I will say though like as a shameless shameless plug I was a big Power Rangers guy back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the original yes. Game Boy. Oh, I, I played that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. Man, and the difficulty was it's just so good. Uh, yeah. It's and totally and stuff and oh, Rita and man. all that all crazy. Um, we would be remiss to not have some news about Microsoft <laughs> and Xbox a little bit. Brandon, what's yes. going on with Xbox this So week? they did announce new hardware. We, we talked about some rumors uh, in the previous podcast, but they finally announced the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. All what's in, digital. What do they call the, the, the it? Say name. the name. Yeah, what's the, the street name? Is, uh, do the name the, thing. The uh, Xbox One Sad Edition. Aww. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's actually, it, it, I think it's, uh, it's a smart... Uh, experiment to see where the future is because we're towards the end of the Xbox One life cycle. We're obviously talking about the future uh, next-gen consoles, so I think that Microsoft is throwing this out there as a, hey, let's see how this does. You know, it, it's something that we can put out there. Um, maybe people really have a, a desire for it, and if so, we can look at that for the future. Uh, but what this console is, just like the name sounds, it's all digital. There is no disk drive on this. Is that console. the only like difference? Is the pretty hard much drive the only thing? The it is. It is only. Uh, and in fact, they have this little commercial that's kind of funny, uh, very self-aware. But uh, it's there. I think it's a little minute commercial where it's the design team trying to figure out what do we do, how do we innovate, and they finally figured out what if we just delete 
the drive, and it's it's a really funny commercial if you go, go check it out. Um, but uh, well, a, a price change be- due to that, price, right? Yes, and so this is the thing that that makes the whole sad thing uh, for me is the price. Um, I was expecting with them doing this, they're taking out a big part of the console for a mm-hmm. lot of people. For me, I'm already all digital, so it doesn't really matter much. But uh, for a lot of people, the I love a physical start, copy of some game. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's great. And that's the thing is, especially for people who don't have a ton of internet uh, bandwidth, it's nice to be able to pop a disc in instead of having to download the whole game and everything. Um, so the price was supposed to be something I thought was going to be really cheap. Uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe one ninety nine or so. It's a big trade off. Yeah, it's a big trade off. So it actually came out two forty nine, um, which is a little bit higher than I expected. However, they did have a caveat in there. They said, uh, which if is you very, trade in. I don't know. Well, no, it's, it's very interesting how they worded this. They said that it is always going to be priced. $50 cheaper than the Xbox One S. And the Xbox One S technically is $299, even though you can find it a lot of places for $249. Right. Meaning that any kind of sales, anything like that, if the Xbox One S goes down to that $249 price, the, oh, the, the digital edition is going to go down $50 okay. as well. It's always going to be lower than that. So is the key to wait? The key is probably to wait. Okay. Uh, if okay. you're going to get it, now again, if it's sub $200 uh, price, that's a great entry to a whole slew of games. It does come with three digital games as well. You got Minecraft, you got Sea of Thieves, which just had their anniversary update, a lot of new content. And it comes with Forza Horizon 3, not 4, which is very interesting. interesting yeah. uh, but it's still, 3 is a great game too. Yeah. Uh, it comes with those built in, and it's a great uh, a great. Uh, uh, a great console for the Game Pass uh, subscription because you can't really buy discs anymore for that. You just go and buy and download games. What's the default hard drive space on the Xbox One? It is one? a one terabyte hard drive, which is okay. good because uh, some consoles, I, I think anything less than one terabyte is is kind of silly. Um, and you're you going to want an external drive anyway you're gonna have, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, so. I've got, I actually just got an SSD, uh, an external SSD for my Xbox One X, um, which is nice to have all that. Uh, so that's a, a great thing. You're going to want that because uh, if it's all digital, you know, you're going to have a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of space taken up by these games. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that's going to be great. I think they also announced a, a combo because um, Xbox Live is still a thing. Um, uh, Xbox Live slash Game Pass, I think they're calling it. Uh, it's ult- something ultimate. It's some subscription, uh, but they're combining both subscriptions into one subscription. It doesn't necessarily make it super cheap. It's the same price if you were to buy a 12 month subscription right. uh, of Xbox Live, which is 60 bucks, and then uh, a Game Pass is 10 bucks a month. So I think it's like $15 a month uh, for both services, which is not bad. Uh, for me, I'm still sticking. For those you know, who don't have those subscriptions, wait, because there's always a deal out there. Right, I, I usually will buy a 12-month. Yeah, like $40. Kind yeah, of thing. 40 bucks. Yeah. In, fact, in fact, for Game Pass, I think I mentioned this before, too, uh, it's 10 bucks a month, so 120 for a year. At Black Friday, I got uh, I got a 12-month subscription for $69. So nice. that's, and there I are mean, tons of Twitter accounts out yeah. there that post those deals so, like that all the time. It's so, there if you want to try it you know, on a month-to-month basis. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it's, it's pretty cool what they're doing. So nice. we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, with that, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to Episode 4, the Gaming Casuals Podcast. If you want to hear from you guys, please subscribe. Hit that notification bell. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine. Let us know what you think of the podcast, what you want to see in the next episode. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you soon for our next episode. Time to go see see Avengers Endgame.